Welcome to Bring Your Brilliance. Are you ready to find and amplify your voice? Looking to be inspired by those who are already out there making it happen? Listen in as we shine a light on those who bring their full, authentic selves to do what they love, make no apologies, and don't try to fit into other people's boxes. With your host, Carla Taylor, who, after years of being inspired by the brilliantly shining people she was meeting, decided others need to hear these stories too. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Bring Your Brilliance radio show. I am your host, Carla Taylor. And we are here on the Inspired Choices Network, and I'm very excited to bring in our guest today. We are talking today about capturing more customers with rock star positioning. And Dr. Ari Zalmanow is a rock star himself at doing this, and I connected with him many times on LinkedIn, and I've been loving his content, and we've been really um, kind of cheering each other on, I think, a bit. And so I'm very excited to bring him and his incredible wisdom onto the show, and he's definitely someone that you want to watch and follow on LinkedIn as well. And just a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Do you want to have the unshakable confidence that comes with knowing your current positioning will stop customers dead in their tracks? Would you like to capture more customers and increase your revenue? Who wouldn't, right? Uh, Do you want to position yourself as a rock star and market leader in your field? If you answered yes to any of these questions, this is the show for you. We're going to be talking about how you can capture the attention of the right customers and convert that attention to revenue by developing rock star positioning and bulletproof customer profiles. These are some really awesome, strong words, and this is definitely what we're going to be covering today. So what if you could do this while also having an easy way to produce your video content on LinkedIn? Wait, is that even possible? It sure is, and Dr. Ari will be sharing how. So he's going to be talking a little bit about that as well. So, and a little bit of an introduction, and we'll hear more in depth about this in a minute, but Dr. Ari Zelmanow is a consumer psychologist, research evangelist, and brand strategist who specializes in uncovering customer and market data that positions companies, products, or services in the marketplace for consistent growth in both customers and revenue month after month. He has served as a Metropolitan Police Detective, has a doctorate in human learning and decision-making, currently leads a research team at Twitter, and is a lover of puns and dad jokes. Maybe we'll even get to hear one of those. (laughs) He's also a co-founder of the White Glove Make You Famous marketing service that helps aspiring influencers create videos to generate leads, be seen as trusted experts, and build loyal following. So welcome to the show, Dr. Ari. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be here. We are so glad to have you here. And like I've said, we I personally have been learning so much from you and your awesome videos <laughs> that I've been seeing all the time on LinkedIn. And you and I connected recently, and I'm just really excited that you were available and able to come and share some of this with our listeners. So I want to hear a little bit more, like all that stuff I just read about your background. That's amazing. Can you tell me a little bit more and tell our listeners about kind of your journey to how you got to to this place and and what you're doing now, but starting with whatever your beginning parts of your career was? Um, yeah, sure. So I, um, I was a uh, metropolitan police detective and police officer in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and uh, I mean, this was, this was years ago. 
Um, and while I was there, I went and I started uh, a master's program and I began studying like human behavior as it related to rational decision making. And so I did my thesis on um, mandatory tow policies for uninsured drivers. But the more I, I learned, the more I realized that human behavior isn't completely rational. And so I, while I was still working as a detective and, and um, as, I was in, as I was doing this, I, uh, I went on and I got my doctorate and I studied human learning and how people learn how to negotiate really challenging tasks. And that was really fascinating seeing how, how people learn how to do things and how they accomplish things that they, they didn't. And I, I studied, uh, to do that, I studied the Ironman triathlon um, because we, I don't, I don't mm. know if there's anything more difficult than that um, other than like maybe Navy SEAL training or uh, some other special forces type stuff. But uh, to me, right. having to do a race in 17 hours is, is no joke. So I studied that. Um, and then I... I uh, entered the workforce in organizational psychology and human learning, and I, I did that for a few years um, for for a few firms. But I I had a passion for like detective work, and since I had left the police department and I wanted to start studying uh, human behavior and why people did stuff again, I entered the world of consumer and market research, and I mm. worked for a large uh, Fortune 150 company in Virginia, and then I landed at Twitter, where I currently help. Uh, Twitter understand um, the relationship between customers and data and the data products, so developers and academics. And um, yeah, I think that's that's the elevator pitch, right? <laughs> that's quite a journey. So you initially, the very first part of your career was being in the on the police force, correct? Is that where you started? Absolutely. Well, I, I think there was a if I was being really a, a Renaissance person, when I graduated college, I had no <laughs> idea what I wanted to do. And so I actually was a paramedic uh -huh. for a few years before that. Um, oh, okay. But, um, when, when I, I had See, always I wanted love, to be a police officer. I love the meandering career path because so many people think they have to just pick one thing and be that forever. And we ask our kids all the time, what do you want to be when you grow up? And almost, I don't know if I've ever talked to anyone who's only had one thing. <laughs> I love hearing all the twists and turns. And sharing that with our listeners, because a lot of what we talk about is how people craft their careers or or find their next steps. And so that's part of why I like to I like to hear about where people came from. So you started as a paramedic, you be, you you joined the, the police force. What made you leave the police force? I know a lot of people end up staying there a long time because they really love it. For you, was it more of a continuous desire to learn, or what made you made that make that switch? You know, that's a really good question because I would tell you that I miss it, like, a, a little bit of it every day, like getting to help mm -hmm. other people and the variety of things and having your office change every day and being, like, injected into people's lives and, like, getting to, like, make a difference was important. Mm -hmm. But I think ultimately I left because I wanted to chase something else. I wanted to help more people than I was able to help by just by just serving one community. I wanted to serve more of a global mm -hmm. community. Um, and so, Interesting. Um, yeah, I think it was just, it was a cool, it was a cool opportunity that I had. So you got these degrees and it's all stuff that I personally find very fascinating is how people behave and how they learn and a lot of similar work that I've done and, and how they learn. Um, but then, like you said, you shifted into combining and that's another thing that I love to do is figure out what what can people do with their unique blend of background and experience and gifts and talents? And it sounds like you've done a really good job of navigating that for yourself. 
to take these elements from all these different things, the helping people and the detective work and the how people <laughs> behave and found this really great cross-section in consumer behavior. Totally. And I think, I think the trick for, that I would tell people, like if they were wondering what's next or how to change, is reverse engineer it. So there's something in like human learning called backward design, and it's where you design, design curriculum from the end, like the end point where you want somebody to be, to where they mm -hmm. are now. And I think you could do that with your career, too, or with your next, even your next venture. Like, what does it look like? What does success look like? And then reverse engineer that. And then at each step of the way, act as if. Act as if yeah. you're in that step. That's such a great point. And I actually kind of just got chills that you brought that up because literally yesterday I was working with one of my clients, and she's actually a hypnotherapist which sounds a little weird and crazy, but it's actually not because what she does is study how people um, change their own behavior or how she can help them get the things that they want. And that's exactly the technique that they use in hypnotherapy is to, to create these suggestions and help people understand exactly what they want and then reverse engineer it. And then they they do the suggestive uh, wording and, and approach of how they do it with the hypnotherapy around exactly that, figuring out what, that looks like when they're there and then speaking that into that person's life. Um, so that's really cool that you just said that whole process because I was just talking about this yesterday from another perspective and it's so true. You can't get to a place you can't see and you can't make that happen, whether it's helping people buy what you're selling or anything else that you're wanting in your life. If you can't clearly articulate it, how would anybody else be able to? And I think to add to that, you're, we're in a renaissance period of, of accessibility to information. So if you want to learn how mm. to do something new or you want to see what people are doing, I mean, it is an Internet search away. Um, and so you can always like, pick true. up something new or learn something new just, by, just by, by clicking. And what's interesting, and I think people think of expertise as like, complete command or domain knowledge in a specific area. But expertise, mm -hmm. if you really break it down and think about it, is knowing more than somebody else who wants to know what you know. So mm -hmm. if you know 10% more than somebody else, you are you have expertise in this space. You don't need to wait until you're a doctor or until you have your master's or until when, – when you wait for um, – I put out a video today, it's funny, uh, that perfection is the enemy to progress. If you wait until things are perfect, mm. you will never ship it. It'll never happen. Absolutely, yes. Another conversation I'm having a lot lately, too, is that learn by doing, and you can talk about it and talk about it and talk about it, but unless you go out there and do it, and you're right, perfection is such an enemy for so many people, and I know I was stuck in that mindset for many years, and it's still it's something I have to fight to put out things that I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know if it's exactly what I wanted or it's not exactly perfect or you know, but I have had so much more progress and freedom to be able to do things and help more people by not getting in my own way and getting stuck in, in that perfection loop of not well, feeling like, and, and actually this. last week, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I was going to say last week, I was actually just talking about expertise and owning that you are an expert because you do know more than even you knew five years ago. So you can be an expert from that standpoint or you can um, even be that researcher or reporter of information that you're finding and teaching other people. 
well, it's a curse of knowledge. When you know something, you assume other people know the same thing you know, and that's just absolutely mm. not true. It doesn't exist that way. So when you you are a sum of like what you've learned and the connections you've made and the semantic connections to the things you've learned and how you view the world is different. Even if you you and somebody else did went through the same experience, your view of that experience is different. It's like that elephant mm. uh, when you have five blind, blind men touching an elephant, and one is touching the ear, and one is t- touching the trunk, and one they're all looking at an elephant, but they're seeing it from a different perspective. And I think that's important to know that you even if even if you have a different perspective that you should want to share with others, which I think is key. That is such a good point. And I just, when you said that, I realized how guilty of that I am because I'll immerse myself in something and I'll learn everything about it. And I did this when I was doing a tech startup or when I was doing career coaching or now with personal branding and things like that. And I I learn from it and I hear other people say it and I surround myself and immerse myself in it. And then I've heard it so much. I do that. I assume everyone else knows that <laughs> when you're so right. I love the elephant example. I that just was a huge aha moment for me. So <laughs> thank you for saying that. That was awesome. Of course, I think uh, I think that that's it's, it's important to know that everybody has something special uh, special to share and special to contribute, and and you don't have to wait until the perfect moment to do it. Yeah, the perfect moment is really now. I mean, that's mm. that's the perfect moment. And um, I would say really quickly that. When you think about perfection, people don't trust perfection. If you went to Yelp and you looked at a mm. restaurant and all they had was five-star reviews, there's a piece of you that's skeptical of that. So when you're putting stuff out into the world, if you're seeking mm. perfection, you might actually be working against yourself too. Wow, that is such a great point. So I want to come back to that because right now we're going to go ahead and take a break. But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what you just said about perfection, and then I want to get a little bit more into your story and how you help people. So, again, this is Carla Taylor here on Bring Your Brilliance with Dr. Ari Zelmanow. We are talking about being a rock star in your positioning and lots of other awesome things that have already come up, and we're here on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back. We all have a personal brand. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. What if you knew how to clearly and confidently communicate your value in a compelling way? Tune in to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor to discover the tools, resources, and inspiration you need to get started and keep growing. Are you ready to make your mark? Learn how to bring your brilliance by listening to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor. 
To join today's conversation, call in the U.S. at 815-880-8255 or Canada at 613-800-8736 or Skype at Inspired Choices Network. Or ask a question or send a comment by email at bringyourbrilliance at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You are listening to Bring Your Brilliance here on Inspired Choices Network, and I am your host, Carla Taylor, and we are talking today with Dr. Ari Zelmanow. We're talking about rock star positioning and consumer psychology, and right before the break, we were just talking about how perfection is the enemy of progress and how it can stop you in the tracks and actually be working against you and what you just said about people are suspicious of or don't trust perfection. So so pick up there. Let's talk a little bit more about that. And then I also want to hear a little bit more about how you got to Twitter. And then I want to dig into what you have to share with us today about consumer psychology and, and rock star positioning. So let's pick up right where you left off about perfection being uh, something people don't trust. Yeah, so I think when you think in terms of like authenticity and trusting, because people do business with people or things that they personify that they trust. Like if they think you're going to rip them off, nobody's going to do business with that. I mean, so I think, and it's interesting because a lot of this ties back to my work as a detective. People aren't going to talk to to a police officer or detective that they that they haven't built up some rapport and trust with. Well, to build up rapport mm. and trust, you have to ha- you have to be able to to see that person or that thing or that entity as as human or real. And everybody has got imperfections. We we don't like to put them out there because it's it's uncomfortable. But everybody has got them. In fact, like Persian rugs. Um, in, some Persian rugs there are actually built in imperfections on purpose. Um, hmm. for religious reasons, but I think that it's important to note that it's it's okay to not be perfect. And when I, I can tell you personally, when I see, if I go to a restaurant and I only see five-star reviews, or if I go to, um, if I'm going to look at a new book on Amazon and all it has are five-star reviews and nothing, nobody's at even a little bit critical of it, I'm immediately suspicious hmm. and they've lost. Yeah, that's so true. Definitely on those Amazon reviews, especially a product or service or anything, you're like, okay, then that's just, they just, you know, got a bunch of people to give fake reviews or something because you're right. There's nothing that can please every single person on the planet. No. And when I'm teaching video clients uh, that that, that we're working on, we're working on recording authentic videos, I teach people, like, let's get it good enough. Like, it's okay to stumble over a word. It's okay to look off. It's okay to have mm. something that's not quite right. In fact, sometimes it's even funny to have like an outtake in there. It brings you down yeah. to a human level. And when you're humanized, you're relatable. That's so true. And I love it when people put their outtakes at the end because that's the best part always. <laughs> totally. We, we love totally. the mess ups. <laughs> oh my goodness. Love that's it. Awesome. Yeah. Great. So, you mentioned that you're at Twitter, and I believe you're living in Colorado, right? So um, are you working for them remotely? And how did you even get there? Like, I know a lot of people have these, you know, Google and Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and all these big companies that they think, oh, wow, I can't even imagine. How did you land there? Um, a, a little bit of serendipity, but going back to what we talked about earlier is 
I wanted to do research and I'd always dreamed when, when I, when I started doing research that I wanted to do it for these, like just a, a global brand that, that is changing the world. And Twitter is, is doing mm. that. So is, is Google and, and so are others. Um, but I literally, when I was at my role doing consumer and market insights in Virginia, I saw a job posting for Twitter and I literally was like, okay, um, I can do this. Like, I, I feel like I could do this. So I applied. Um, and when I applied, I was like, uh, they're never going to call because why would they call me? But they did. So Twitter. And then I went through the process. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. You, who thinks that you're going to do that? But I think it goes All back right. to the fundamental thing is you have to take the chance. You have to take the leap. You have to put yourself out there and be willing to take a little bit of a rejection or mm. some sort of feedback that you don't love to, to win big. There's yeah. no such thing as an overnight You're definitely success. never like going to get the thing you never go for. So you went for it, and wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and then Boulder just happens to be where um, we one of Twitter's offices is. Twitter has offices throughout, oh, okay. throughout the world, but one of them happens to be in Boulder. And so I was lucky enough to land in, in Boulder, um, which is great. It's a, it's a great place to, to raise a family, and it's a great place to live, and, and I love I love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. I was just there for spring break. It's an amazing place. So, yeah, I didn't actually realize that Twitter was there. So you 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 do have a local office there. We do. Um, and, and I do travel back and forth to San Francisco and to some of the other offices. We have them in New York and, and other places. And um, Absolutely. We, we are a global country. Like I, have, I was in Israel earlier this year. Um, I've been to Australia this year. We, we, we it's, it's what I would tell people about understanding their customers is that you cannot understand a customer if you do not understand them in context. And you can't understand them in context if you don't see how they, how they live, how they operate, where they are. It's not what you think mm. they are. It's what they actually are. So true. Okay, so let's shift gears a little bit and talk more about what work that you do for people and some of the ways that you – I, I know you've had some amazing posts. I've recently seen one about steaks and peanut butter, <laughs> some of the different ways you, you showcase how to move away from a commodity and into better positioning. So let's talk a little bit more about that now. For sure. It's interesting. You know, you, you mentioned the peanut butter post because I think that that, that got a, a little bit of attention because when you think of peanut butter, you think of going to the store, there's about, mm, I don't know, half a dozen to a dozen peanut butter brands on there. They're all within a, a, a price point that's that's similar. Maybe the all-natural ones are a little more expensive. Or maybe if there's a generic, it's a little less expensive, but they're all in that same price point. And the point I would make is that even something that would be a commodity, something that people would like shop for on price, you can change that. Um, it, you can make people or you can help people see your, your product differently. And what but the point I made was, my dog was sick the other day, and the only way to get her to take pills was to give her something. So if you branded a peanut butter as this is the peanut butter for dogs to help them take their medicine, and if you had sold that at the vet in a bottle that was a fraction of the size, I would have paid more for that. Because in the moment, in the emotional moment of taking care of my dog, something that's going to help them take their medicine is, is worth more to me. That is the power of yeah. positioning. It's so true, and and when you're in the moment of need, and and like you said, most people, you didn't say this, but I was just thinking that people who have pets usually are willing to go above and beyond for that pet because we really love our pets and we want the best for them, and just like we are with our children. And so, having 
oh, this is the best peanut butter for dogs to take medicine with <laughs> is definitely a unique position than than just like you said, the the ones on the grocery store shelves. Um, what's well, funny and when is think about, I both. Go ahead. Go on. Go on. No, no, I didn't mean to catch up. Sorry. Say, Peanut butter is something I actually really love, and I will admit I sometimes eat it <laughs> out of the jar. And I recently found in Target, underneath the apples, like it was just really weird, a place that I wouldn't have known to find it. It wasn't in the regular peanut butter aisle. But there's a new peanut butter company called Be Happy Peanut Butter, and it's got it's it's fresh ground peanut butter with all these things mixed in that you're supposed to eat with the spoon out of the jar. <laughs> That's and so I paid $7.99 for it because it made me happy from the name, and I thought it was cool and interesting and unique, and there you go, perfect example. It's interesting because they're they're hitting an emotional point, and that's really what, what positioning does is it hits somebody at a specific emotional point that they are when they're shopping. It's like uh, I did another post on the, the uh, Birkin bag, which sells for like $16,000. Mm. But if you took the name oh, Birkin off of it and you put something else out, it'd be like, mm, I don't know, 20 bucks. So somebody will pay $16,000 because of the way it makes them feel. It's like mm. the preferred bag of the Royals or it exudes prestige. Um, it's like owning a piece of art. This is what it says about me is that I am like uber high class. I mean, there are things and reasons to do that. So the peanut butter is an interesting example of, of where you could do that too. You could say, hey, this is the peanut butter for the guilty scoop pleasure time, um, where <laughs> they know that people are doing that and it brings them back to their childhood. And they're tying into some emotion there that, that matters. Yeah. Yeah. And even the, the be happy name, I love that. I'm the career happiness coach. I have a dog named happy, like happy my thing. <laughs> Even that got me, you know, that they they, hit, they weren't they selling hit, yeah. me peanut butter. They were selling me, like you said, that identity of who I was, that I was a happy person eating yummy extra good stuff peanut butter, you know, kind of thing. Or or like you said with a Birkin bag, they're selling the identity of the person who's using that bag, not just a bag. A hundred percent. It goes back to something called jobs jobs to be done or jobs theory um, made famous by a Harvard professor, uh, Clay Christensen. And basically it's the reason we hire certain project products to do certain things. And you have to really understand that. Like it's, you're not hiring um, the, the famous, the famous thing from uh, the, the famous thinking of that is uh, people don't want a, uh, a drill. They want a quarter inch hole. Like they want what, what the drill mm. does, but they really don't want the whole. What they want is I want to hang a picture of my family to make me feel happy. Like I want to be reminded of the happy moments of my life. So that's that's the job the drill is doing. So I'm, I have a video coming out on anchors that hang things in the wall. Well, anchors, mm -hmm. they're, they're a commodity, right? But if you sold an anchor saying, hey, this is the anchor for dads who want to spend more time with their kids and less time hanging stuff. I would buy that. Interesting. Um, that's the power yeah. of position. Like, because at that point, you're not speaking to, you're speaking to me as a dad who wants to spend more time with his kids. It's, it's like uh, make, make You Famous, uh, which is Make You Famous Marketing, which is our video company. One of the, what we sell, what we really sell is time. Like nobody wants to make videos, spend hours editing them, hours writing scripts, hours doing all this stuff. We take all that away and we make it super Super easy 
to to do videos. I can I help people create an hour's worth of uh, I mean a week's worth of video content in less than an hour. Wow. It's time we're Yeah, I love videos. I love the jobs to be done approach. I think that's so incredibly helpful and and makes it makes all the difference and it really makes a lot of sense. So I want to pick up there. We're getting ready to go to break. I want to pick up there when we get back and then I want to dig a little bit more into how um, someone can position themselves or what should, what are the questions maybe they should ask themselves or how do they start applying this to themselves. So, again, this is Carla Taylor. We're here on the Bring Your Brilliance radio show. We're talking to Dr. Ari Zelmanow. We're learning all kinds of awesome things about how people buy and why they buy. And uh, we're here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back. We all have a personal brand. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. What if you knew how to clearly and confidently communicate your value in a compelling way? Tune in to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor to discover the tools, resources, and inspiration you need to get started and keep growing. Are you ready to make your mark? Learn how to bring your brilliance by listening to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor. To join today's conversation, call in the U.S. at 815-880-8255 or Canada at 613-800-8736 or Skype at Inspired Choices Network. Or ask a question or send a comment by email at bringyourbrilliance at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Um, hi. Uh, hi. <laughs> Hello, this is Carla again. <laughs> I don't know why I just said that. So, yes, hello. We are welcoming you back to the Brilliant Your Brilliance radio show. <laughs> I was so distracted by everything that you were saying, and I was thinking about peanut butter from what we said earlier. But this is Carla Taylor, and we are here on Bring Your Brilliance. We're talking with Dr. Ari Zalmanel, and we've been talking about consumer behavior and yummy things like peanut butter. Um, which distracted me completely. And I wanted to take a moment right now because I know sometimes we run out of time at the end of the show. So uh, for me, what's coming up next with Bring Your Brilliance is I am getting ready actually to host a LinkedIn local coming up in December. So for anybody in the Indianapolis area, if you're interested in, in meeting people that maybe you've been seeing on LinkedIn or wanting to meet from LinkedIn and meeting them in person, I highly encourage you to come. We're going to be doing that at the Nexus Impact Center which is a brand-new co-working space off of 96 in Michigan. And for Bring Your Brilliance, I also have a media room there where you can come and create your own content and start putting some of your content out on LinkedIn. And if you do need help doing that, just like Ari was just saying that he does the video content, I do a lot of the writing and the copywriting and creating your stories and creating uh, if you need more time and you want more people to know you and you want someone just to take that over for you, I actually offer a ghostwriting service, which you can learn more about at bringyourbrilliance.net. And that allows you to get your voice out there in a very human way. Like we said earlier about people want to do business with people they know and like and trust. So I can help you create that online trust and, and become more real and known by people. 
And we can even bring in Ari in his, his videos and help make your content become even more alive. So Ari, why don't you tell us a little bit more about how people can find you and some things that you can do for people, and then we're going to jump back into the conversation. For sure. Um, so one way is through makeyoufamous.io. So that's makeyoufamous.io. We help uh, we help people uh, create epic video content in uh, less than an hour a week. Um, and so basically all somebody has to do is take their cell phone, some uh, a light that we would recommend, maybe a tripod, set it up, record some video, send it to us, and our in-house production team takes care of helping you create just epic video content. We even help with video scripting and making sure that everything is dialed in so that you're getting the attention that, that you want and deserve. Um, the second way is through arizelmanow.com. Um, I help uh, businesses, companies, brands, uh, better position themselves by using consumer psychology, bulletproof customer profiling, because you have to be very specific about who you're targeting um, to, to, to get the attention that your brand wants from perfect or ideal customer. And so you can hit me up there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I know I love that, that what you just said too about using your your cell phone or, you know, not making these highly, highly professional produced videos, which there's definitely a time and place for those and a need for those. But when people are getting real and what we were just talking about, about not being too perfect and letting people see more of the, the grit or the, the real part of sharing. And that's part of why I've actually created the Bring Your Brilliance Room to be exactly that, where people can come in and do an ongoing series of telling their story and telling what they have to share with their audience in a really real-time kind of way. <clears throat> so talk to me a little bit more about that and why you uh, why you think that's a better approach than maybe some of the people that are doing the highly produced videos. Not that yours aren't produced, but you know what I'm saying, like the super-duper, you know, $10,000 videos. <laughs> yeah, so... When you're making a social media video or you're making a video that's going to be relatively, I mean, it'll be there, but it's not, it's not going to catch. It's not like a motion picture movie that's going to be out and people are watching it for months and months and months, although your videos will get that kind of attention. Um, you're really looking to make something that's bite-sized, one to three minutes long, less than three minutes. I'm not going to say one minute, but less than three minutes long, um, really relevant, targeted, speaks to your audience, and is authentic. And perfection gets in the way of that. Like you can spend a lot of time making a perfect video, but it's the the cost of doing that. And by cost, I'm not only talking financial cost, I'm talking time just doesn't pay off. Mm -hmm. um, and so it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to do that. Like the whole reason to do this, people aren't making, remember the jobs to be done. I'm going to tie this back. So the, what is the job of the video? The job of the video is people aren't making videos because they feel like creating content for no reason. They're trying to generate leads. They're trying to build credibility, build authenticity, be seen as a thought leader, get some attention, start conversations. Those, those jobs, that they, the reasons that somebody would hire a video, don't require perfection. And so you shouldn't spend time doing it because you could spend that time doing things that, that are more valuable. Hmm. That's, that's great. So what do you tell people when they're getting started or if they even wanted to start working with you and send you over a bunch of videos? What are some of the things that they should do or questions they should be answering in their video? Or how do, how do if you're just like, oh, my gosh, I'm intimidated, I don't have any idea where to begin, what would you tell that person? 
let's jump on a call. Um, I would want to help them. I think if they don't know what to say, it's because they're not thinking about their position in the market. A lot of consultants will say, well, I'm a marketing consultant or I'm a management consultant. Well, if you say that, all you've done is you've positioned yourself as a commodity against all the other marketing consultants or all the other management consultants out here. But if you say, hmm. I'm a marketing consultant in health, I help, I help in the health food space. Now you're a little more specific. But maybe it's, I'm a marketing consultant in the health food snack space. Or what we need to do is figure out what you're positioned to. And then once we know who you're trying to talk to, we position your, your messaging to that audience because then that, those people will then hear it. So you have to figure that out. Then I, um, we help with creating some, there's, there's a few different, calling them templates, but they're guides. Guides in how to write scripts so that they're short, punchy, cool, funny, fun, and have a call to action at the end. And you only want one call to action. What I see is a lot of people putting, putting several calls to action, like, hey, visit my website or do this. Want to do one thing, and that's either like make a comment in in the comments below. Um, you really, people who are new to video should not be selling in their videos. People, it just it won't. Mm. It's just not going to work. It's, the, it's like passing somebody in the hallway and just trying to sell them. People buy things <laughs> or do business with people they know and trust, and they don't know and trust you yet. But video will help them get there. That's such a great point. I see so many people who the only videos they do are are very salesy or they tell you 10 different things <laughs> call to action and you're like, well, okay, I have no idea what you want me to do now. So I think this is definitely in the, the less is more category. And you don't want them long. Like people, the reality is, is and if everybody thinks, stops and thinks about what they do in a social media feed, they're scrolling down with their thumb. They'll watch a video. Sometimes they won't even turn on the sound. So if you don't have text annotations, you're already losing. They're scrolling mm. down. They might watch a few seconds of a video. If it doesn't catch your attention, they continue on. If it does catch your attention, mm. they might like it. And if you're if you really got caught, captured them, they'll make a comment in it. And th those are th that's that's really what what video can do. And then over time, what'll happen is you'll see people starting to reach out and ask questions, and you'll be able to start some really authentic conversations from that. So what would you say to someone who's struggling with that part of the engagement of, okay, I've put some videos out, I've asked some questions, nobody's answering me. What would you tell that person? Well, I think the first question I would ask is how long have, how long have your videos been out? Because it's, um, it's like anything, anything that you can think about in life. Like the first, the, the best time, it's like the proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. If, mm -hmm. if your videos have only been out for, you know, a few weeks um, and you're not starting conversations yet, I would say that's normal. Let's say we've, we're now hitting like four weeks out. You're not having conversations at all. Nobody's commenting. It's a positioning issue. We just need to take a look at your positioning first, then your messaging and make sure the messaging is right. And take a look at, at, at the way, way some of the, your headline and the other uh, messaging is. And if that's actually hitting the intended target. But all of that is super fixable. In fact, with our clients, we're really, really deliberate about hooking them up to an analytics tool so they can watch that and see, and we can make some judgments based upon data rather than the way you feel. Because what happens in video, mm -hmm. the same thing that happens in any marketing thing, is people try it, and then they quit, and they go to the next shiny thing rather than seeing if what they're doing is working. Video will work for anybody if it's done right, 
Um, the problem is that shiny object syndrome where you run away from it, you don't do it, and all of a sudden you're left uh, onto the next thing, which is like uh, I'm going to do uh, written posts or I'm going to start writing blog posts or I'm going to start doing SEO or whatever it is. Those are all tactics. Unless you have the, found, uh, the foundation of good positioning, good messaging, all of that, all of those tactics don't work. Tactics That's don't, such a good point. Work. It reminds me, I used to have a coach who would tell us to try whatever we were trying in marketing or whatever else for 90 days because his point was if you do it for a shorter period of time, it may you may just be starting to get to traction and it's that whole shiny ball thing where you're you're chasing after the next shiny thing. That's such a great point. And, and then having the data is another part of it because so many people just kind of slap a bunch of stuff out in different places and randomly and you're not consistent at all and you're not having a consistent message. And then like you said, the, the positioning too. Um, what would you say? Here's something I hear a lot is that people say, well, I don't want to narrow myself down. I know I should niche down, but I want to help everyone and I can, I can help anyone with anything. What would you say to that person? I would I would I would beg them not to do that um, because what they're doing <laughs> is they're gonna by doing by trying to help everyone you're gonna end up helping no one because all the messaging here's the the fundamental problem with this is 20 years ago or 30 years ago that type of marketing might have worked a little differently but there's two things working against you we're in an ever crowded marketplace where there's a lot of noise and you have to stop somebody. They have to hear they have to hear you. And the only way they're going to hear you is if you join the conversation that's happening in their head or if you join them where they're at. If you're talking to everybody, you're not it's just not going to work. If you said um going back to the peanut butter example, if you just said, "Hey, uh if you put peanut butter, think about this. If you just put a jar of peanut butter in your veterinarian's office, is that really going to speak to pet owners?" But if you position it as peanut butter for pets, all of a sudden that is going to speak to pet owners. That's that's one major issue. And I think the second major issue, and this is probably the biggest fatal flaw, if there's something that everybody takes away today is this. Don't try to do your marketing like the big brands, like Apple or Google. They have millions of dollars to buy uh, commercials during the Super Bowl. They can work on brand awareness and brand equity because they have huge amounts of money to do that. Most people don't have that kind of money, and they need to work to build relationships on a smaller scale. So it's relationship-based marketing rather than brand-based marketing. It's a big difference. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I love the peanut butter example. I was just imagining as you're saying that, you know, you stick a jar of peanut butter, but you haven't changed the label or done anything differently or even said this is for your pet. You just said this can help anyone, and you know, and every person or animal. That would mean nothing to the person. And then you stick it on the shelf for a day and nobody buys it that day. You're like, oh, that didn't work. <laughs> you know, like that. That's right. That's exactly what they're doing. doing. Yeah. That's, 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 that's just, exactly again, another big aha moment for me. <laughs> Visualizing this peanut butter just sitting there for one sad little day <laughs> with no specificity of how it even helps. Okay. Well, I'm going to take no. another break here and we're going to talk about that when we come back. And I want to hear a little bit more about what people can do and how they can apply this for themselves. And again, this is Dr. Ari Zalman now that we're talking about consumer behavior and how people buy and rock star positioning. I'm Carla Taylor, your host here on Bring Your Brilliance. We're on the Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back. We all have a personal brand. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. What if you knew how to clearly and confidently communicate your value in a compelling way? 
Tune in to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor to discover the tools, resources, and inspiration you need to get started and keep growing. Are you ready to make your mark? Learn how to bring your brilliance by listening to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor. To join today's conversation, call in the U.S. at 815-880-8255 or Canada at 613-800-8736 or Skype at Inspired Choices Network. Or ask a question or send a comment by email at bringyourbrilliance at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Bring Your Brilliance Radio Show. I'm your host, Carla Taylor. We are here on Inspired Choices Network. We are talking with Dr. Ari Zelma now. We're talking about consumer buying behavior. We've been talking a lot about peanut butter. (laughs) We've also been talking about getting real and not being afraid to mess up. And I'm actually laughing because I just realized that when I messed up coming in from the last break, I was just simply giving you a great example of what messy can look like. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> um, so let's get back to what we were just talking about with uh, the positioning. And I was giving the example of you were talking about the peanut butter in the, in the vet's office and how if you position peanut butter as very specifically for your dog who needs to take his medicine, people would be likely to buy it also in the place where they're thinking of that, right? That's another part of positioning is you're going to where their mindset's already there. So let's continue a little bit more with that example and then let's shift gears of some other ways like the the rock star part of it and the, the bulletproof, I love your words, they're so strong. <laughs> so they actually are painting pictures. So let's continue that conversation. For sure. So I think part of this, part of part of what people need to do and start with is pe- people love to start with branding. They like to build what the brand is, what, what they think it is. And so they'll put out like they'll put together a logo. Or they'll put together some like marketing materials and throw it out into the world and think people get it. And they'll, what's, what's worse, and I'm totally guilty of this, is they'll put something together that they think is really clever. But people people are inundated with so much stuff they don't catch clever so if they don't get what you're saying right away they're just not going to get it so they're going to fly right by it so the first step isn't to start with what you want it's what you what your customers want what your ideal customer is you need to identify the profile of your highest value customers the best way to do that is to go back to the customers you've already served and conduct an analysis of who they are um and then what you can do if, you, if you're really dedicated is you go back and you talk to some of your customers and you better understand, going back to jobs to be done, the jobs, the reason they hired you. And it's not because you're a marketing consultant. It's not because you're a management consultant. It's because you help them accomplish something that they weren't able to do. You help them solve a problem by either giving them something they, they wanted but didn't have or getting rid of something they had but didn't want, those two things. You're either pushing mm-hmm. or pulling. So something that they wanted but didn't have or getting rid of something they had but they didn't want. Correct. Correct. So, so that's kind of what... You're either trying to get something... Into, yes. 
so that pains or gains, like something that's painful for them or something that they're trying to gain from that. So you've identified that customer. Another thing that I think is super important too, and again, I was just having this conversation with a colleague of mine. Sometimes we have customers that we've gone after and gotten and then we get them and we're like, oh, I didn't actually like that customer. That wasn't my ideal customer. Um, so are there certain questions you should be asking yourself to make sure you're actually going after the right customers? It goes back to positioning and that should help you do that also. If you're very specific about who you serve and who you can best help, your your messaging and everything will automatically repel people who aren't a good fit for you, which is good because you shouldn't be spending a lot of time, money, effort, energy, on people who aren't going to benefit, you can't help, and who aren't going to benefit from your services. So it automatically fires them before they even start with you. It's kind of a screening process, mm. which is uncomfortable because most businesses are like, I, w I just want customers. We want more people. But if those people that you bring in are sucking up 90% of your time and they're taking away from the customers that you could be helping and really benefiting, they're not helping your business at all. Um, and then if you're to add an insult to injury, they might be a source of huge churn for you. So you're working with them, but then they churn and they never come back and they don't work with you again. That's bad. It's a, it's not a good fit for you. So part of yeah. having a positioning, a good positioning is, is having a gate that keeps out the people that you can't help, but helps the people you can. I um, love yeah, that. I and so many people are afraid to repel people. They're like, I don't want to upset anyone. I don't want people to not like me. They're so approval seeking and not like they're so afraid to repel people. I hear this all the time when I talk to people about their personal brand too. Is it's about um you know, they they're they're so afraid that they'll be off putting to some people. But I love what you just said about that it automatically fires them. And 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 is part of your screening process. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that you just said that. There's a comedian um, by the name of Beer Doss, and he said something that I think that I would want the world to know. And that's you have no control over your reputation. And what he means by that is you have no control over the way people accept your message, like your fame. You can't make yourself famous. You can't make yourself infamous. You can control your messaging only. It's what other people mm. do with your messaging is up to them. So when you're trying to be liked by everybody, you're just watering down your messaging to those it matters to. In fact, I would say as a good gauge to know if you're doing it right is if you are repelling some people. If you're pissing some people off mm. or some people don't like your business, <laughs> but others love you, you're doing it right. I love that. That means you have a strong enough voice that people are hearing it. Correct. And and bo on both sides. You're getting rid of the people who have no interest in you. So I'm obviously a little bit – I can be a little edgy. If people don't want to work with somebody who's a little edgy, I don't want them to engage with me. It's not good. It's a bad fit. It right. makes them unhappy. They're uncomfortable. They don't like the language. They don't like – They don't. it just doesn't resonate with them. But then those who are like, hey, I want somebody who's straightforward, direct, not a jerk, but like will tell me what, when I, what I need to know, that's my customer. That's the, those are the people yeah. I want to help, people who have a message to say, but who can accept, accept my messaging. Yeah, no, that's such a great point. And I've, you know, if you've been in business for very long, at some point, hopefully, at least, you've come across a client that wasn't a good fit, and then hopefully you've actually fired that client because it's, it's uncomfortable for everyone, and it makes you not 
like what you're doing anymore if you're with a customer that's not a good fit for you either. So I think that's another, like you said, a screening mechanism to make sure that you're building and surrounding yourself with people that you love to work with, including your clients. And that's what's the cool thing about like LinkedIn, as you would know, and, and the videos is that that also helps as that mechanism. People are either going to be come toward me, like they're going to be pulled toward me like a magnet, or they're going to be repelled from from my messaging and my voice. Now, I know that I've got people that are pulled toward us. That's great. But I'm also glad that, like, the people who have no interest in my service, that I'm not spending a lot of time right. working with them because they're they're not a good fit. And it wastes your time to try to talk to those people when they're never going to buy from you anyway. Totally. So we are already out of time. I cannot believe how fast this show has gone. I say that I think every time, but it goes so fast. What is one last thing that you could share with our audience? And then quickly, how do we find you again? Um, I think the last thing I would share is it's it's okay to be authentically you. Don't try to be somebody else that you're not. Don't try to be other brands. Don't try to look like somebody else. Don't try to emulate what you think success looks like around you. Be you but be you that helps your ideal customer profile. And lastly, the way to find me is www.makeyoufamous.io. Um, if you have some, uh, if, if you're interested in really uh, blowing it up with your, your LinkedIn positioning and your uh, through video. And the other way is through www.arizelmanow.com. Um, I can help you with your positioning. I can help you kind of figure out your voice should be, and I can help you design or engineer your branding to be to fit and, and give you the most effect. Thank you so much. You are such a wealth of knowledge. We, I could spend hours just asking you these questions and talking to you and learning from you. So thank you so much for your time today and being on our show. And if you're listening, again, please reach out. I know, especially the video rates, you make it very, very affordable so that people can do multiple videos and and really build that consistency. And again, for Bring Your Brilliance, please go to bringyourbrilliance.net to learn more about my social media ghostwriting service. I would love to help you if you want to be out there consistently as well. So remember to be bold, be brave, be brilliant, and be you authentically like Ari just reminded us. And we'll see you again here next week on Bring Your Brilliance. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bring Your Brilliance with Carla Taylor. For the latest updates and info on personal branding, please follow and interact with Carla Taylor on LinkedIn. And be sure to visit www.itstimetobringit.com. Join Carla Taylor every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, keep shining.